This is the Floorball Guru Podcast, episode 42. Welcome back to the Floorball Guru Podcast. Now, floorball ha- is evolving and continues to evolve, and we're seeing more awareness about the sport. We're seeing more interest about the sport, seeing more people get involved, and as a result, seeing more programs start to kind of spring up around the country. And it was interesting when recently I did a, a just a basic Google search looking at keywords pertaining to the sport. And what was really kind of curious to me was how, based on those Google keyword searches, there are different pockets around the country that seem to be at least gravitating a little bit more towards interest in the sport. And most of those keywords kind of focus around the you know floorball, what is floorball, and the floorball sticks. And they're... They weren't they, some of the the key or higher trafficked areas didn't surprise me too much in areas you know like Minnesota or Massachusetts for instance, um, but well and at the same time I, I, it's interesting because there is some programming that is going on but not a ton from what I can see or maybe it's just not being. Uh, advertised or marketed or or maybe even just not even finding it in some of the the searches or the circles that I'm that I'm in or looking at and then there's other areas uh, throughout a little bit through California a little bit more through Oregon and so people are starting to kind of pick up a little bit more on this notion of of floorball and, and what it is and that I found kind of interesting that the majority of people that are looking for the sport are either looking at what is floorball for one thing and then floorball sticks. And I think there's there's a curiosity between what makes a floorball stick and why is it different from a floor hockey stick or deck hockey or, or some of this other stuff. And I even get the question a lot where People are trying to figure out why is it different. And, and I think it's important to note, as far as the difference of equipment, floorball equipment is it's similar to hockey equipment. It, it works in the same way. Uh, it's lighter, uh, typically because we're talking about fiberglass, carbon fiber, a mix of the two, and plastic blades, but durable plastic blades. Plastic blades that hold their shape. They're not flimsy. You can shape them as you need to, especially if you do use a little bit of heat and some ice uh, to kind of create that shape because you're working with plastic. Um, but it's designed to hold its overall shape under force and stress. And because you're working with some of this stuff and then using a ball, and the ball itself goes exactly where you want it to go, you get so much more performance out of it. And when you get the ball to do what you want to do, want it to do, or at least the notion of what you want it to do, it makes the game a lot more fun, especially when you have people who have never touched a stick. They're not really sure what to do. Or you have younger kids that want to do different things with the ball that maybe aren't able to do it with a longer stick. Maybe they're not able to do that with a puck yet. And, but they still want to do all the different tricks. They want, to do, uh, they want to be successful in what they're doing. And that's kind of where 
I think people are starting to get the notion of, of how this sport can actually make impacts and inroads in what they're doing. Now, it could be, you know, the people that are looking at this are focused on a hockey background. It could be they're at a programming background. Maybe they're at a university or a YMCA, or maybe they're looking to start a business or anything like that. And it just takes kind of an awareness or a mind change on how to utilize this in the way that's going to work for you. Um, but I, I have to stress whenever doing it that you're teaching the sport based on it, the actual sport, not a pseudo sport of hockey. So we're not playing hockey just using four ball sticks and some of this other stuff. And, and I think that's really, really important that as the sport evolves that we continue to make sure that people are teaching the actual sport and playing it, utilizing the, at least the vast majority of the rules to get the flow and the feel of the game as it was as it is designed and intended. And it brings me back to a focus on education and teaching. And some of the, the things that I'm seeing, uh, even in, in North America, and, and, I, and I don't fault anybody for doing it, and I, I don't fault the people. I think what they're doing, they're good people, uh, you know, they're doing good things, their hearts are in the right mind. But I think that when we look at the sport, we have to go back to the roots. We have to go to the beginning. When you're in an area where they've never played it before, you have to start in a way that you can build off of. And I think there's folks out there that they want it to be further along than it is, to be more developed. Or they're out there wondering, why is you know, intramural, you know, not intramural, but uh, you know, uh, trying to think of it now, disc golf or ultimate frisbee or cornhole why are these sports spike ball why are these sports being highlighted so heavily on espn why are there such large tournaments across the country playing that and why is four ball not not part of that and why is it not growing at the the rate or at the, the speed that they want it to and there's a number of reasons to it and one of its education, people don't necessarily know about it. There's similar sports out there. We haven't done a good enough job showing why floorball is better than floor hockey and the impacts that it can make um, and, and attracting new people to the sport and getting people going. And the best way to do that is to teach at the youth levels, to get in this, not necessarily into schools. And a lot of people throw, oh, we got to get the sport into schools and then it's going to take off. That I. I don't disagree with that we need to get it into schools, but having that as the benchmark that if that gets into schools, everything changes is wrong. Floor hockey, it's been in schools for 30 years. Kids love it. People reminisce about it. They go, I remember when, and they always say they had fun with it. But if you cross the majority of the country, there are not floor hockey leagues bringing up. If they do, it's, they'll call it deck hockey, they're playing with hockey sticks, they're outside, and it's just another way for hockey players to use their equipment in a different setting in the summertime so they're not on the ice. But it, it's not the same thing, and it's not prevalent throughout the country in a large scale, a large enough scale, as you would see soccer, for instance, where you've got youth programs everywhere, clubs everywhere, uh, you know, colleges, high schools, you know, all the way up to the professionals as the professional leagues continue to grow in the U.S. and throughout North America. And floorball just doesn't have that. And then I turn around and I see an article where 
now national team, the U.S. national team is doing a U-16 national team with the purpose of building the U-19 team. And as U-19 women's coach, I don't, I don't necessarily see this as a bad thing. Uh, on one end, I think people's hearts are in the, in the right, they're right for it, but it's a hard sell when we are pushing tournaments and, le and, and events and national teams onto people that have never played the sport or have played it a little bit, they're still in developing areas depending on where they're at, and then we're saying, okay, we're going to build national team programs and I want you to fly here and I want you to go international and I want you to do this and that. At the youth levels, now we're putting that burden onto the parents and that is a huge, huge uh, burden to put on a lot of people that may or may not be able to do that. And so now, while we're looking to grow and get people involved, I see it a little bit as an exclusive thing. And then when we throw on top of that, you've got the potential where, you know, oh, this player is good, so then, uh, you know, if we've got a U16, well, I'm going to grab them for the U19 team, and, and we're going we're gonna to have them. And then if, the let's say, the, the men's or women's team sees we've got this really good player who's young, they're going to go, maybe they go, oh, we need them, and then they're going to drag them up the line. Um, is that a good thing? Does that hurt the long-term development of that player? Does that hurt the long-term development or growth of those teams? Does one hurt the other uh, going forward? And, and that's kind of where I struggled with some of that, that thought process. And not, again, nothing against any of that, but I think far more time, energy, and resources needs to be in people teaching. And a lot of that can look at people starting businesses. Uh, I get the question a, a lot, how do I start a program? How do we get involved? How do we do this or that? And a lot of it takes uh, just doing it. And I mean, I've been teaching floorball classes for over three years. Um, it started as a way for me just to get involved. I was looking for a way to at least start. So I called my local Parks and Rec. And I told them I wanted to do this program. I said, I have a turnkey program. Uh, just hire me. But pay me as an instructor within your, you know, under your umbrella, and I'll basically show up and do everything for you. Now, if I'm a programmer getting that, I'm definitely like, oh, what is this? Sure, why not? What does it hurt? Let's at least try. The amount of, of uh, you know, return on their investment, it takes very little. They get a program, they get a little bit of money. I run a program, I get a little bit of money, cover some expenses, everybody's happy, and there's a new program to engage and get new kids in. And I don't understand why more people aren't looking at that model and doing it. And it could be that, that some people are, they want other people to do the work and they want to sit back and, and take, the, take things as it grows. You know, everyone's got their own choice. But if everybody, for instance, that went to uh, the, the state games that were in Virginia, we had a, a pretty decent turnout overall uh, for the event. If every one of those people, let's even take 40% of those people that were at the state games took went back after that experience and started teaching started clubs started groups and started to put in the effort this sport would take off exponentially but it's a lot of work and people don't necessarily want to put in that effort because it's a lot of work it's a lot of time it's a sacrifice on what you're doing and frankly it's a lot more fun to play for a lot of people than to teach 
And for me personally, I play far less than I teach. I end up teaching a lot more, spending more of my time getting people involved than I actually get to play. Do I wish I could play more? Yes. Do I see the potential of this sport? Yes. And that's kind of where I'm working on to get people involved, to get this going so that in reality it creates more opportunities for other people because I've seen the impact that the sport has on kids, the sport that's had on, on me personally, and I want to grow that exponentially. And I, I'm hoping that more people would, would do that. And if you're looking at it as, well, I want to do it as a business, this is a business model. It, it's very clear, it's very set, you know, it's very straightforward that, that this is a, a sustainable business. It's going to take you time, but in the long term, it will work out. And every area is a little bit different, but again, if you're, gonna, if you're willing to do the work, it is there. And it can be, it can be big, it could be the next soccer sport. You know, as far as it's in every area, every youth program is starting to play it. There's camps, there's clubs, there's leagues, there's all this other stuff. It can be there, but it takes time and it takes a lot of people willing to put in that effort in order to do it. And I'm hopeful that that's going to be the case going down the, down the road on the long term. And, you know, we'll, time will tell. Um, you know, I'm hopeful that the things that I'm doing now and the things that others are doing, and I'm seeing different pockets start up, even in, in Washington where we've got, you know, programming in Seattle, I've got programming in Lacey, we've got programming at least talks or potentials throughout Tacoma and Federal Way. And, you know, there's, there are these potentials and things that are starting to kind of happen, and it just takes time. And we have to get the ball rolling, and we have to start, and we have to fail, and we have to succeed, and we have to, you know, be there to do all these other good things. Um, so, and I firmly believe that, that that's going to happen. And, you know, Texas, it's, it's growing. Colorado, Utah, uh, California, Virginia, you know, uh, there's, there's just all these little pockets that are, are starting to gain traction, and it's exciting to see. But, I, and I hope that it continues and I hope that people are able to continue the work they're doing but they can't be alone they we need other people to get involved and I can't stress this enough about more people getting involved if you're listening to this and this is maybe hopefully sparking a fire in you to get started and to start teaching please do it we need your help we need your passion and, and even if you're like well I'm not a teacher I don't know how to do it that's okay. Get out there and start teaching. If you need a resources, go to my website, go online. I have a book that is basically set out for you to do that, to support you. Give me a call. Send me an email. I'll do whatever I can to help make you successful to a degree. You have to put in the work. Uh, and I've made no secret of, of so a lot of the things that I've done to this point. Uh, so the, it's just out there and doing it. Um, and, and, and that's kind of where we're at as we move into the end of the summer and we're moving into fall. I'm, I'm already, you know, getting ready for fall classes and, and, and hopefully building out my, my youth league in the later into the winter and, and, and just kind of prepping as I go to different conferences, uh, to talk about the sport and, and some of the other things that I'm, I'm hopeful to try to continue to grow what I'm doing and help others get, get started and, and build what they're doing. So, you know, I hope if you're looking at this, now's the time to plan. Now, you may or may not have missed out on fall programming. It just depends. Sometimes it takes three to six months for something to get off the ground. So the planning starts now.
And a lot of times if you're working with local parks and rec, that planning for fall is already gone. Maybe that planning for winter is gone as well. It just depends on the cycle that they work with their marketing. You know, I was talking with uh, a friend that was in Parks and Rec, um, and he, he was asking me about different programming, and he goes, hey, if you want to do something next summer, I need to know by the end of August because that's how, we plan, that's how far we plan out. These are the things we have to be aware of, we have to be thinking about, and we have to be planning for that long term so we can get in the door and now is the time to do it so that you can get in the door, so you don't push it off a whole other year, and now you've missed that opportunity. So, again, I encourage you, I implore you. This episode's a little bit longer than, than normal and what I, I try to do, and I covered a lot of variety of different topics. Uh, but it's a couple things that have just been kind of grinding on me a little bit as, as we continue to look at, uh, at the sport and, and seeing it grow and seeing some of the things coming down the line. Um, and I can't emphasize enough, it is you have to do the work. And the work isn't always fun. It is a grind. But, you know, you got to keep at it. And know that there are other people out there doing those things that want to support you, that want to help you, and, and however they can. It may all look differently, but, um, you know, but you're not alone in this process. And so I, I implore you to consider, if, if you have considered starting a floorball program or maybe this is this may be starting you to think, just do it. You know, you just got to start, push forward, and, and get it off there. And, and if this is a passion for you, uh, and this is another way that you think that the sport is, is growing, or even this is a way for you to give back to the sport, if you've found a passion for it, you've, you've been given different opportunities, it's a great way to do that and to impact the future generations um, in, in ways that we don't even know that are happening right now. Um, you don't know the impact you're going to have on people, but you can play a vital role in helping somebody and changing their life or giving them a, a sense of passion or purpose or, or all these different things. And, and, and so I just, I hope, I hope this is reaching somebody somewhere at some point in their life that gets them to start doing something and, and take action and, and move forward. So if you need more resources, check out my website, uh, floorballguru.com. Buy my book, The Floorball Guru Primer. It's on Amazon, Amazon uh, Kindle, Kindle Unlimited. Um, you know, give me a call. Send me an email, david at floorballguru.com. You know, reach out. Do Go to different things. I try to get out as much as possible to, to different events. Um, I try to speak at a lot of different events. It takes a lot of time and planning uh, and resources on my own end to do this. And this is, this is not my full-time job. I work at a university doing campus recreation, running a facility, running programming, doing a lot of different things. This is right now just the passion project that I'm continuing to build out. So, you know, and I have two small kids and a wife and, and other responsibilities. And it's, it's not always easy and it's a stress and, and there's sacrifice involved. But I firmly believe that it's worth it. And I tell my kids all the time, every time I have to go on an event or I travel or I take time off, I'm taking away from them. I wouldn't do it if I, if I didn't think it was worthwhile for me to do it. And I firmly believe it's worthwhile. And I hope you do too. And I hope you get involved. And you know, by all means, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting feedback, to hearing from you, to hearing your successes, to hearing your struggles, and, 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 and kind of spitballing and throwing things off each other and trying to help and grow because that's what it's going to take in the long term. 
It's not going to be a home run where we just pop up a league and it, and it goes off or we start a national team and the thing takes off. It's going to be years from now where it's dedicated people that are putting in the effort, that are, are doing the, the, the good and the hard work to make this thing really work. Um, and that is what's going to evolve it in the long term. So if you need more resources, check out my website at www.floorbaguru.com. And more importantly, keep floorballing.